We're back on Healthy Rounds. There's Mike being a little bit cute on the board there. Gotcha. Uh, since we're talking about podiatry and foot pain with Dr. Michael Scanlon, let me give you the phone numbers again. 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842. Uh, Michael, one of the things that came up uh, on the break, somebody left a message, uh, was about foot hygiene. Now, I mentioned uh, before one of the tips you gave us was instead of putting powder in your shoes, uh, especially after you work out or have a, a busy day, just get some Lysol spray, some aerosol, and spray the shoes, let them air dry. And that tends to kill any of the germs that are in there. And, um, you know, that seems to have worked well. Uh, but one of the things that always comes up is, is there a... Is there a better way in terms of cleaning your feet or working with your feet? So can you tell us a little bit more? Let's talk a little bit more about foot hygiene. Yeah. The the, the powder, everyone wants to use powder on their feet to uh, get rid of moisture. It's a nice concept, but what happens is the powder gets stuck between the toes and it wicks all the moisture between. With extra moisture, you're going to run into a bacterial or fungal load, So, which is why I tell everyone, stay away from the powder. Uh, as far as the Lysol in shoes, yeah, it, it's a it's a nice, easy thing to do. But you have to make sure you turn the shoe upside down and get the Lysol spray all the way down into the toes. Yep. That, that's, that's the secret to that. For foot hygiene, um, there's a newer product out on the market now, a product called Feet, P-H-E-E-T. Um, great product. We have been using it for over a year, and we have gotten excellent results with it. It is used for uh, a lot of foot odor, which is caused from bacterial overload. Uh, athlete's foot, it, it works phenomenal for that. Uh, we tell everyone wipe their feet once to twice a day. We also use it for a lot of diabetics just as a preventative strike so they don't get into this bacterial uh, overload with it. Uh, so as far as we, you know, we again, we've been using it for a year and have had excellent results with it. Some patients, uh, especially he, patients are handicapped either by their weight or their ability, back pain, can't get down to those feet. Correct. What do you it's, do it's, for people like that? I mean, uh, it, it, how, do they, how do they maintain good foot hygiene? It, it is a challenge. It's, 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 if, if they can't do it, then... Uh, a helper, a family member is is going to have to do it for them. Uh, we do a lot of work in our practice with DMR, um, so we we are used to it. And again, a wipe people like the wipe better than these lotions and creams that they start putting on their toes. Um, but it is a challenge, and everyone will then start wanting to soak their feet. Well, it's nice, but over the long run, soaking the feet will actually draw out more water and make the skin even. Uh, dryer. So how about the salon business? All right. So people go to the salon to get pedicure or whatever. In general, is that good, bad? It's good for me. Uh, You know, good good for me in our practice. Yeah. Um, You you know, sarcastic, but the salons are not regulated by the state. So 
the the hygiene and the tools that they're using don't necessarily have to be sterilized. I'm not picking on every salon because I can list many of them that do an excellent job, but there are always those few that are out there that uh, aren't sterilizing their tools, and you see it in the office, and, and you'll tell the people, look, you know, if you think there's a problem, follow your gut and, and leave, go somewhere else, or buy your own tools and bring them sterile and let them use your, you know, your own tools. Okay, so I guess apropos to that, I was in the Dominican Republic uh, looking at, as part of my job with baseball, and they had a place there where they had these tanks and these little fish. And people put their feet in, and I guess the fish eat the dead skin? Correct. What's that all about? First of all, I would, I would never recommend it or do no, it. I mean, because no. you don't know who else put their feet in exactly, there. But exactly. What it's, the heck is that all it, about? It, it's a breeding pool of, uh, you know, of bacteria. Um, I, I think people are doing it, one, because it does get rid of some dead skin. Um, but there is a little bit of a massage factor to it. Uh, a a massage little, factor to the, uh, I think the a fish little, biting your feet? Yeah, I think a little tingling, little, you know, nubbing. I mean, they're they're not... Uh, taking flesh and necessarily drawing blood on you like a, a shark or barracuda would. Um, but it is a unique thing that, that people do. But, you know, how many uh, toes have been amputated uh, a month after doing that? I, I wonder. I'm not even a germaphobe. Yeah. I wouldn't even go near that. Uh, but we have uh, Dorothy is on the line from New Britain. Dorothy, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling yeah. uh, for me, taking yeah. the phone call. Sure. What do you got? I have a callus. Between my little toe and, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we hear you. And uh, I had it removed, and it partially removed, I guess. Is there anything you can do with a laser to remove it? Well, Dorothy, when you say you had it removed, did they just scrape the callus down, or did they do some type of surgery? No, they took like a little... um, Razor and shaved it. Yeah, yeah. The the real what's really going on? It's in between the toes. There's a little bone spur that's in there, and that spur starts pinching against the skin, which is what's causing your callus. Mm-hmm. So your options are: you keep shaving it down, what they just did prior to you. You start putting some padding in there. Lamb's wool would be the best option for you. Just wind it between the toes. Mm-hmm. And lastly, there's a little minor surgical procedure. Gets done right in the office. Numb the toe. Make a little incision. Burr off that spur. Um, Ten minutes. Uh, they can and, remove the spur? Yes. Yep. So, oh, did yep. you do that? I do do that. It's one, one stitch. Uh, stitch mm-hmm. comes out in about a week, and you're good to go. Oh, I That's like, great. I, I like to have that done. Great. Great. I will give you the phone number. Thank you for calling. Uh, hold on a minute. I have to get a pen. I'm going to announce it. We're going to hang up, and then I'll give it to you. Okay. Just so I give it to everybody while, while she Dorothy brought it up. Uh, the phone number for Dr. Scanlon and Connecticut Foot Group is 860-456-4250. Michael, getting back to that question, so is the callus generally in the web between the fourth and fifth toe, or is it more distal? Uh, it's it's more distal. It's usually right at the uh, at the edge of the nail plate itself. Okay, okay. Um, she brought up an interesting point. She mentioned the word, the magic word, laser. Yes. Is laser? In, do you use lasers in your business? Has it produced 
benefit in laser? We, or we, we use laser in our office. We, we use what's called an MLS laser, uh, and it, it shoots out two uh, waveforms. One is for pain, one is for inflammation. So we use it for a lot of post-operative care uh, or post-operative pain. We've even used it on non-healing wounds to get more blood supply to the area. We have used it for diabetic neuropathy to get some of the feeling, if not all of the feeling back. Uh, laser in surgery, it's not horribly common in, in uh, podiatry, um, but it's out there more for soft tissue, not bone work. How would you get, I got to ask you the question, how would you get feeling back in diabetic neuropathy with the use of a laser? It, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that uh, other than to tell you, yes, I do have several people that have a neuropathic pain and this laser is easing uh, the pain with it. Well, there's a lot to be said for placebo as well. I, I, it's, it's, I'm just because I could see it for all the other things where yeah. it increases heat, increases circulation. Yes. But as far as nerve function goes, um, but because I, and I see it in sports all the time. Every training room now has a laser of some type of some degree. Uh, and now we've even gotten to the point where the, the athlete and the provider have to wear glasses. I think just putting the glasses on helps healing. Well, there, there's no doubt there is a huge placebo right. effect Especially here. Especially in athletes. Yes, so. yes, it, it's, it, it, it is. Um, but, you know, you can't argue when you have a wound that has failed to heal and you shoot it once, twice, three times with a laser, and my gosh, this I, I could see where gone. it works, but you I could know? see where that works yes. in a wound yeah. kill. Yep. So anyhow, um, let me give you the phone numbers again, 860 860- Five two two nine eight four two one eight hundred nine six six nine eight four two. We're chatting today with Dr. Michael Scanlon from CT Foot Group at his phone number eight six zero four five six four two five zero. We're going to take a short break and be back for the last segment with Dr. Scanlon. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. Get past the people. Get past the hitmen. We're back on Healthy Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi. We're in the last segment with our guest today, Dr. Michael Scanlon, uh, talking about all things that concern the feet. Uh, you know, one of the things you just briefly mentioned uh, was bunionectomy. Now, bunionectomy is one of those things that obviously people try to avoid. Yes. Because it's a pretty big operation, yes. maybe not from the technical standpoint, but certainly from the patient standpoint. Can you walk us through a little bit why do people get bunions and what are the potential solutions other than the ultimate surgical solution? Sure. Uh, uh, bunion, uh, bump a bone on uh, by the big toe inside part of the foot. Uh, 98% are going to be a genetic issue. Uh, remaining two are going to be a, uh, 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 a shoe gear issue, which will expedite it. Um, it's not necessarily the causative agent. Um, to be long-winded, I got a buddy in Hawaii who uh, practices just like I do. Uh, so when you start talking, how many bunions do you do? You know, I don't know. I, I do eight, ten a year? No, a month. And he's, he's doing that in a year. Uh, the point I'm getting at is he sees them. They just don't bother people out there because of the shoes, uh, flip-flops that they're wearing. <laughs> so it, the point is the shoe is not what's causing it. It's just in the expediting factor here. So it's a genetic factor. Um, 
But to treat it, it's it's you're either all in or all out. It comes down to conservative care where it's padding. It's a change of shoe. It could be an insert just to change the mechanics of it. So that bunion just hits differently in that shoe. Um, there's a little nerve there which causes most of the pain because the nerve gets pinched between the shoe and the bone. And and there you go. Um, so it's, it's an accommodative uh, treatment, conservative treatment, until you get ready to move into the surgical realm. The million-dollar question everyone asks me is, when am I ready? Um, doesn't go anything by the deformity. Is it mild, moderate, or severe? It goes by how much pain you're having, and does it limit your activities of daily living? So again, so someone, for example, in an athlete, it could be very incapacitating. It can uh, be. to have that. So they're much more likely to have surgery. Correct. Correct. As opposed to someone who's rather elderly doesn't walk a lot. Right. I mean, I'll have people that will will come in. They're not horribly active. They do have some pain there. Um, so you can accommodate them through either an oral med, an injection, or some type of padding, and they're very happy. Uh, okay. Problem is solved. On to the next one. Um, a younger patient. Uh, you know, if you're having issues now at 18, 19, it's, it's only going to get worse as you get older. So, and particularly with athletes, uh, if, if it's going to hinder your athletic career, a lot of them do get it done quickly. Surgical options. Surgical options. There are various options uh, depending on the severity of the deformity of the bunion. But in a nutshell, uh, the bump gets removed. That is one procedure right there. It could be over and done. Uh, procedure number two is where you're going to have to cut the bone, shift it over, and then pin it and or screw it. Um, I, I use two screws. Some people still use pins. Uh, physician's uh, decision on that one, no great advantage, I, I don't believe. Um, it's the rehab that gets everybody. Because if I have to cut that bone, you are looking at four to six weeks in a surgical shoe, partial weight-bearing to non-weight-bearing status. Let me back up a couple of things. So bones and screws, uh, pins and screws. Yes. So is it the way they're going in? Is one easier to do than the other? Or uh, can you explain it? The the, the screw for me, um, well, both uh, um, keep the deformity stable. The screw will add compression to it. The pin will not. The pin just holds it there. Um, and if you get into bony healing, as you compress bone, you get bone-to-bone healing as opposed to a cartilaginous uh, a predecessor, which the bone will creep into. So it does shorten the healing process of it. Uh, so, it, again, it's physician preference, but screws or uh, pins are uh, uh, easier to put in. And when you say cut the bone, are you removing a segment of the bone? In the you're, you're removing that bump of bone. You're, you're physically cutting it and removing it. Then you are going to make a through and through cut uh, through the bone from big toe side to little toe side, and you are going to slide that bone over. In our last minutes, what's the next big thing we're going to hear about in podiatry? What's What do you think is going to be the next big breakthrough? Is it going to be with respect to foot care? Um, is it going to be respect to footwear? Is it going to respect to hygiene, surgery? What can we expect to start hearing? Yeah, the, the, the next thing that you will be hearing soon is going to be in wound care where there are companies now that right now when you want a swab or a culture, you take the swab, you send it to the hospital, and they put it in a Petri dish and they grow out the bacteria. Uh, they drop a little beads in it impregnated with antibiotics, and they will tell you what the antibiotic is or what bug is there and what antibiotic will kill it. The new trend now is 
you take the swab, but now they're going to analyze the DNA. And they're going to get a very precise match from the organism that's in there, code the DNA. This is what you have. This is how you fix it. We'll even compound, if it's a topical, we will compound what you need in the compound to kill all the different bugs that are in there. The results now have been short of phenomenal, um, but it's still growing, still in its infant stage. But it's going to start being DNA analysis. So when they put the drug together, it is different. It is not going to be your customary antibiotic. No, it is going to be tailor-made to you. Is that going to be a situation for people who have had resistance to antibiotics? It, yes, yes. So what you're saying is the next level in our armamentarium. One one of our greatest enemies in wound care is MRSA. Yes. Right? Methicillin-resistant staph. What you're saying is, okay— the staph infection has now altered its DNA to become resistant. But we're going to find out what they altered it to and hit hit the bacteria there. Correct. Wow. And they're doing this already? They're doing it now. A company called Microgen. So you take the swab, send it off to the company. Correct. And then they get back to How soon does this whole process take? Because if it takes too long, obviously it's not going no, to be helpful. No, you, you can get initial results usually within a day. Uh, but your full report is about three to five days. And then they have to design the drug. Correct. How long does that take? Uh, another three days. That's uh, it? They, they will start it immediately, but they're very quick on doing it, yes. So you mentioned topical. So, for example, someone who has athlete's foot really badly that's been resistant to most over-the-counter stuff or common antifungals. Yes. You would do the same thing. You could do the same thing. They're, they're also doing it with toenails now. Uh, where, hey, you got a thick nail. Ah, it's fungus. Well, they're finding out that, yeah, it's not quite all fungus here, that, you know, changing it up and tailor-making it to this specific person, we can get a better cure rate. But also with these chronic wounds. I mean, we have people in our office frequently that, you know, show up. What are you here for? I got a wound. Where you been going? I've been going here for the last six months, and the wound is still here. Everybody's been doing everything right, but it's failing to heal. Right. So there is what they're after. Wow. That is just so Amazing. interesting. Yes. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. We're going to have to follow up on that with you. Thanks again for Thank spending you. time. Thanks for everything you do in the community. My guest has been Dr. Michael Scanlon. If you want to reach out to him, it's 860-456-4250. Many thanks to our studio producer. Mike Olko has been on the board today. Jeff Chandler is in charge of sales and marketing for healthy rounds. Uh, next week, I am going to be away, so we are taping a show, uh, and my guest on that program is going to be Dr. Fernander Weinstein. Dr. Weinstein is a specialist in peripheral nerve disorders and has done some outstanding research at Columbia Presbyterian in New York, and we're hoping she's going to be joining us here at the University of Connecticut very shortly. So we're going to chat with her a little bit about peripheral nerve disease uh, diabetic neuropathy and things such as that, and some new treatments with regard to that. We're also going to be chatting with Caitlin, Ber Caitlin Bernabucci from New England Donor Services about organ donation and something they have coming up uh, real soon in a walk and a charity walk for that. I will be in Billings, Montana with the Professional Bull Riders Tour, um, working with bull riders out there, and then I will be back to you shortly after that. Next up on WTIC is going to be 
Red Sox baseball. Please remember to help save lives. You can do that today by becoming an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Just go to www.registerme.org. Until next week, please stay healthy. This has been Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi, sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Ratchford Eye Center, Covaris, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11 for more Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com.